but right there where you're at, I, I know that you're sensing his presence and his grace, his mercy and his strength and his love for you. Lord, right now, we, we receive the word of God that we have sang over our lives today as we have sang David's song of Psalm 23 over our lives today. We are not alone. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Lord, you're preparing a table in the presence of my enemies. Even when it seems like things are raging against us, God, we know that we are not alone. And Lord, I pray this morning over our church family as they are watching and listening and engaging in worship. Lord, maybe folks who aren't a part of our church family, but they found us this morning. Lord, I just, as I've prayed all week, I pray again right now that as they are listening and hearing the worship and the word, God, may they sense your presence in their hearts and their spirits and their souls today. Give them ears to hear your word and to, to sense the peace that your presence brings as we lean in on you and listen to you. God, over every home, Lord, we pray peace. We pray provision. We pray good health. We pray blessings over every home who listens to this today or listens later this week. God, pour your presence and your spirit and your blessings into their lives today. God, as we turn our attention today to your word, Lord, we've been singing the word all morning. But Lord, as we turn our attention today to the preached word, God, open our hearts today to hear what you want us to hear. Lord, you know every person who's watching and listening, and you know what they need to hear today. May we be encouraged and challenged as we pull up to your word today. May your word find good soil and deep root as we hear it. I pray for an attentiveness in homes this morning to lean in, to open Bibles and, and engage with what you're going to say today. May every person who hears this message, every person who's heard this worship, leave today encouraged and strengthened and challenged. And Lord, we praise you and thank you for what you've already done, for your presence that's moving and abiding in homes, and for what you're going to do as we head into your word today. Now, Lord, I ask for your anointing to speak. I pray for your anointing on our church family and those who are listening on Facebook and live stream to hear. And God, we thank you and praise you for what you're going to do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Well, thank you for joining us today through live stream or Facebook, however you found us this morning. Uh, my name is Pastor Les. I'm the lead work. I'm the lead pastor here at Rinkin Church of God. If um, if you're finding us for the first time, and and we know that today would be an easy day to do some virtual church hopping, but we're glad that you've joined with us here this morning. Um, certainly, we would all rather be here in this room worshiping today. I've uh, spoken to many of you over the last week, and you've all said, "Boy, I appreciate live stream, but I miss being." in the house of God and we certainly miss you being here as well but I know that we're all thankful that we have this medium and we have uh, the technology that we have today to be able to um, come together and so I just want to take a second right now and say a gigantic thank you to our media team they have done an outstanding job they've worked tirelessly over the last few weeks to provide the content that we've put before you. Uh, so a big shout out today to Jack Bergen, Josh Saplu, David Saplu, Brad Thornton, Danny Saplu, Doran Saplu, and uh, Pastor Josh, who has uh, just done all kinds of things over the last few weeks to keep us connected. Uh, guys, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate all that you're doing. Well, as the video said, we are certainly living in uncertain times. Uh, it just seems like a long time ago, but it was just about three weeks ago when things were pretty normal. Uh, the last Wednesday night that we were together on uh, Wednesday, March the 11th, I was in the kitchen right before service and small groups making coffee like I usually do for our men's small group. And Pastor Kevin came in and he said, he said, so pastor, you're going to cancel church this Sunday? And I kind of laughed and scoffed and was like, yeah, yeah, right, you know. And, uh, and never imagined that we would not be able to come together one Sunday versus multiple Sundays. And then when I got home that night and cut on the TV, was going to watch a little basketball, I found out that there wasn't any basketball to watch, that, that all the sports were being shut down and the NBA was closing their season and NCAA, uh, the tournament wouldn't take place. And um, to uh, pardon the, the pun, but a new form of March madness has been upon us without any basketball over the last few weeks. And so we didn't realize it then, but we have certainly entered into a season of what I'm going to call today navigating the unknown. Uh, certainly we're all right now in this place where uh, we are navigating the unknown. Now, Every day there's unknowns, but we don't know what the day is going to bring. There's unknowns with our kids and our jobs and our families and our health and our finances. All those things happen, but with the arrival of COVID-19 and this virus that's spreading all over the globe, there's been a new list of unknowns. One of the first ones that we are all asking is, how long is this going to last? And uh, how bad is it going to get? We're all asking, am I going to get sick? Is somebody I know going to get sick? Will someone I know uh, die from the effects of, of COVID-19? Are the hospitals going to be able to handle this pandemic? Uh, certainly, all the parents are wondering, is school going to start back before the end of the year? And the kids are, at, are asking that question too, I think. Is school going to start back? Now, I don't know if you saw this. But there was a little eight-year-old boy who was doing some of his assignments, I guess a writing assignment. And he wrote this this week about homeschooling. Listen, he said, 
It's not going good. My mom's getting stressed out. My mom is really getting confused. We took a break so my mom can figure this stuff out. And I'm telling you, it is not going good. Isn't that hilarious? I think we're all kind of thinking, man, it's just, it's not going good. You know, we're asking questions like, what's going to happen to the economy? Uh, What's going to happen to my job, my retirement, all of those different things? Uh, We're wondering, is this going to affect the election in November? And then there's folks in our church family who have even bigger questions. They have family members who are deployed, and they're wondering, are they going to come home on time? And are they going to be safe? And what's going to be next for them? We're asking spiritual questions like, you know, God, where are you in all of this? There's a lot of people who haven't even thought about God who are asking that question. And, and, and we're wondering, you know, is, uh, is this part of the end times And then as a church family, we're all wondering, when are we going to be together again as a church family? Well, no surprise to you, I don't have the answers to to most of those questions. And we're all kind of, as the video said, in uncertain times, and we're learning how to navigate the unknown. We don't know what this next week is going to be like. So today, I want to talk to you about that. And I believe the Lord has given me some things that are going to encourage us and challenge us this morning. So turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. And uh, if you have the YouVersion Bible app, you can turn there as well. And you can follow along with the points and the scriptures this morning. Um, Also, if you're using that for the first time, you open up the app, you go to the bottom right-hand corner, you hit the More button. There'll be a list that comes up right now, right there, and you select Events. And if you're local, you should see uh, Rick and Church of God pop up right there. Now, if you're watching us on your phone, don't do that because then you'll be disconnected from the service. But all the notes and everything will be there and some resources we've added this week that you can save and have for later. But I want to talk to you this morning. God's Word says a lot about how we navigate the unknown in this season and and in other unknown seasons in our life. And as I told you over the last few weeks, God's Word isn't silent about the things that we're going through. So today I'm just going to share four things. God's Word says a lot of things, but four things that God's Word tells us about how we can navigate the unknown. The first one is this. We build wisely, not wickedly. We build wisely, not wickedly. Now last week when we were running through the Bible, we talked about that uh, the power, the person, and the preaching of Jesus. And I told you last week that Two-thirds of everything that Jesus said were stories. He did life application uh, teaching and preaching. His most popular uh, sermon of all is found in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And we're going to look at what was Jesus' conclusion to his sermon. Every good sermon has to have a good conclusion. And Jesus had a fantastic conclusion in Matthew chapter 7, Verse 24, now hear these words and understand that he's saying these as as the ending to everything he's been saying. He says, so therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall. Because it had its foundation on the rock, 
But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Again, Jesus says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, what were the words of his? He had been talking about blessed are the poor in spirit. He had been teaching them how to pray through the Lord's Prayer. He had been talking about new uh, views on murder and adultery and divorce. I should say refined views that Jesus brought on those, uh, those items. He talked to us about worry. And he says in all of that, look, anyone who hears these words and puts them into practice is like a person who built wisely, who built on the rock. So the first way we navigate the unknown is we build wisely, not wickedly. Here's the interesting thing about this story. You have two different people, two different builders. They, uh, they build two different homes in, on two different foundations, and they had to be pretty close, maybe their neighbors, because a storm comes. The same storm hits both of them. When you read the description, uh, one doesn't have one storm that the other one doesn't. The description is identical. The rains came, the streams rose, the winds blew, and they beat against both houses but the difference was what they were built on and if you are a Christ follower today I've got good news for you if you love God and you serve him and you pursue him with your life you have built your life on the rock you have built your life wisely and with all the craziness that's going on right now I want to tell you that you will stand up under this storm it doesn't mean that there won't be damage or there won't be effects or loss. But what it does mean is that God is faithful and that he is present. I love Psalm 46. David tells us these words. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way. And the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. David makes this declaration and then God speaks as he's singing this psalm. And God says, be still. As you're still in quarantine and isolated, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And listen at David's reply to all that. David says, listen, the Lord Almighty is with us. If you were in the room right now, I'd have you say that with me. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The president of Lee University, Dr. Paul Kahn, said this this week. He said, we serve a very predictable God in an unpredictable world. Can I get an amen at home for that? We serve a predictable God. He is on record, even though our world is unpredictable. And each time that you engage in the word and in prayer and in worship and church online, you are reinforcing your solid foundation. You're continually continuing to build strongly. And you're going to come out of this thing stronger and closer to God than maybe you've ever been before. So the first way we navigate the unknown is we build wisely, not wickedly. Now, somebody might be saying, well, pastor, isn't it a little too late to be saying, you know, to build wisely? Because the guy who's, 
his, his house fell down in the storm because he didn't build wisely. Well, here is the thing I want you to understand today. If you're hearing this message and you're saying, man, I, I haven't built wisely. I mean, I, I feel like everything's crashing down around me. The good news today is that God still has grace and mercy for you. And even in the middle of a storm like this, he gives us the opportunity to go out and start rebuilding our foundation. He gives us the opportunity to, to have second and third and fourth chances. Anybody know what I mean about that in your life? And so today, you may be that person who, who's, been, who's an unbeliever and you've not followed Christ. And maybe you come to church every week and you're not engaged and you're just kind of here. Let this season say to you, look, I'm going to start rebuilding today. I'm going to start building more wisely. Not foolishly, not wickedly, not immorally or, or waywardly. That's what that word wicked means. It means wayward. And if we're not following Christ, then we're, we're just wayward. We're kind of out there on our own. But I want to tell you today, again, that storm came. And the difference, the same storm, but the difference was what did they build on? Take time during the storm of COVID-19 to reinforce and rebuild your foundation. The Word of God says that we're building on a rock. What is the rock? Jesus said, when you build on a rock, the rock is the word of God put into practice. Jesus said, whoever hears these words of mine and what? Puts them into practice. So when you put the word of God into practice, you are reinforcing and building on a solid foundation. Isaiah said this in Isaiah 26. You will keep in perfect peace. Somebody say perfect peace. All who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you, trust in the Lord always, for the Lord our God is the eternal rock. What are your thoughts fixed on today? Every time you open your Bible, every time you open your phone and you begin to play worship music, every time you quote scripture, every time you pray over your home, you are building a foundation stronger than you. So that's the first thing to that we all can do as we navigate the unknown, we build wisely, not wickedly. Here's the second one. We become historical, not hysterical. Oh, I cannot wait to preach this. I've been waiting all week. We become historical, not hysterical. How many of you have witnessed some hysterical behavior over the last few weeks? I mean, we've talked about how crazy it is. We've seen it. We've seen hysterical behavior now, that word hysterical, there's a root word right there that is the word hysteria. And that word means an uncontrollable outburst of emotion or fear, often characterized by irrationality. We've all witnessed some pretty irrational behavior over the last week, haven't we? So, Pastor, I get the hysterical part, but what about the historical part? Well, a great example of what this, what this means is found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. One of the most familiar stories in all of Scripture, you know it. It's the story of David facing Goliath. But before David would, would go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Goliath, he would have a conversation with King Saul. And King Saul brought him in. He heard that he wanted the fight. He said, hey, sign me up. Make the poster. I'm there. And here's what David said to Saul when Saul said, you can't do this, man. Look at you. And listen to what... He said, this is so good, y'all. He says, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. 
And when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be just like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. You know, COVID-19 is a Goliath like none of us in our lives have seen before in our, in our lifetime. And if we're going to overcome the fear and the panic and the hysteria that is coming with this virus, we must become historical, not hysterical. David became historical before he fought Goliath. Now listen to this. The Bible tells us that what was going on before this battle took place was that the armies of Israel were lining up against the armies of the Philistines. Every day they lined up for 40 days. And for 40 days, Goliath walked out in front and he barked at the armies of Israel. And the Bible says that they ran in fear. For 40 days, they responded hysterically to this giant. Then David shows up and is like, come on, guys, do we, do we not remember that we are the Hebrew people? We are the people of God. And with that confidence, he walks out into the battle and goes eyeball to eyeball with Goliath. And he went historical. He said, there's a God and he has saved me in the past when I fought the bear. He saved me in the fat past when I fought the lion and he will save me and protect me and give me victory as I fight this giant today. And part of navigating the unknown, if it's COVID-19 right now or if it's six months or a year from now when it's something else for you and your personal life and your family, but part of navigating the unknown is borrowing God's blessings and his fulfilled promises in the past, which will give us what we need to build our faith to face the future. Just like David, we must go historical instead of hysterical. And what that means is that as I'm facing this giant right now, I do like David. And I say, I remember when I was afraid and fearful and worried because a doctor's report came. But I see what God did despite the doctor's report. I remember a time when I was worried and fearful and had anxiety about my job. I didn't know what was next. But God opened doors that no man could open and shut doors that no man could close and walked me into the next season of my life despite what I could see and despite what I thought was going to happen. Borrow from the past and allow God to use that to propel you into what he wants to do in your life right now. We navigate the unknown by building wisely, not wickedly, by becoming historical and not hysterical. And the third way we do it is we choose worship over worry. I know you've heard this one. I'm stealing this from everybody. I mean, everybody's been saying this the last couple of weeks. This giant COVID-19 has walked out just like Goliath. And just like Goliath, was Goliath big? Yeah. Was he strong? Yeah. Was he, 
Did he have armor like they had never seen? Absolutely. Was he taller and bigger than anybody they had ever seen? Yes, absolutely. We're not denying his size, his strength, or, or his veracity. The same is true for COVID-19. COVID-19 has strutted out on the world stage over the last few months and is, has, has appeared like a giant that we've never seen before. And yes, we've got to use wisdom. That's why we're not meeting. Yes, we've got to do the social distancing and washing our hands and all those things that we're tired of hearing about. It is a real threat. Real people are sick. Real people are dying. But the fear... And this is what the enemy does. He'll take something. That's what he did with, the, with Israel. He took the fear of Goliath and he amplified it. It got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And if you're not careful in your life, worry will get bigger and bigger and bigger. And it will be amplified in your life. Do you know what fear essentially is? Fear is false evidence appearing real. There, there may be something to be concerned about, but not something to be fearful about. And one of those foundational truths that Jesus said, if you will build your life on this, then you will be uh, on a solid rock. One of those if-then statements was found in Matthew chapter 6. Look at this. And, and you've probably read this over the last couple of weeks. Jesus said, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink. Or about your body, what you will wear. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. Do they not, they don't labor or spin. And yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe, clothe you? The answer is yes. You have little faith. So do not worry. Saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But, everybody say but at home. I, I just can't get away from this verse. I, I feel like we, this is the running verse here at Regan Church of God for the last few years. Seek his kingdom first. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And what things, church? All these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, Jesus says, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Here's the difference between concern and worry. Concern is today. I'm going to be concerned about the things of today. But worry skedaddles into tomorrow. And you know what worry is? It's the opposite of the last point. We borrow from God's uh, work and faithfulness in the past to propel us into the future, but worry borrows from anxiety and fear in the future that's not even there yet. That's what worry does. One woman said this. She said, I really feel bad when I feel good because I know in the future it's going to get bad again, so I just feel bad. That's worry. And if that sounds like you, stop worrying. One of the things I'm seeing in this season, and I shared this the other day, is this. Part of the blessing of anxiety and worry is that it will draw us closer to our creator if we will let it. Fear is contagious. And some of y'all have posted this, and I'm certainly stealing this. I've seen it all over the place. Fear is contagious. 
And we've talked about that word, and we're all learning what this disease is like and how it's so contagious. But just like fear is contagious, so is faith, hope, and love. May you be a spreader of faith, hope, and love in everything that you do. But the only way you can do that is if you do what Jesus said. You can be concerned about today, not about tomorrow, and you manage your mind. we got to manage our mind through this crisis. Paul tells us about that in Colossians 3, 2. He says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. What you meditate on will manage your mind. Be the manager of your own mind. Be very conscientious about what you're feeding your mind. And that's why we're trying real hard here to be purposeful and intentional with providing you tools and resources that will help you to be able to do that. If you're using the YouVersion Bible app or you open it up later and you pull up the notes from the sermon service today, you can scroll down and I've, I've included a, a link to a... Um, a, 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 a devotion and I've been reading this devotion for the last two weeks I keep reading it over and over and over it's called From Anxiety to Peace it's excellent, you'll, you'll love it one of the other things we've done we did this on Friday, maybe you saw it come up we, we uh, put a link on Facebook and social media, Instagram to a playlist that, that uh, Tress and I sat and created that we're calling Faith Over Fear and you can go to that playlist, and there's 25 or 30 songs, just the ones we sang this morning, I believe, are on there. And, and they are just there to help you get past worship, uh, get past worry, rather, and worship. Because if you are going to navigate the unknown in this season, you must choose worship over worry. Now, I hope you, you should have already learned that a while ago, because this worship team is just plugging away, singing this is how I fight my battles. This is how we fight the battle of worry is with worship. And Isaiah tells us something in a powerful verse of Scripture. It's a prophetic verse of Scripture. And it, it's, such a, it's such a key verse that Jesus will walk into the temple one day and really mess everybody up because he starts quoting from the scroll of Isaiah. And he, they, they, he asks for the scroll and he opens it up and he reads from Isaiah 61. And listen to what Jesus, Jesus says this later. But here's what Isaiah says, 61.1. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. And then in verse 3, Isaiah says, here's the results of that. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. And watch this. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. When we worship and we praise, our worship and praise has the power to eliminate the heaviness and the depression and the worry and the anxiety that is all over us. And I love what he says. Man, he talks about a, a garment of praise. And if you're going to put on a garment, you got to do what? I just gave it away. you got to put it on. And sometimes you don't feel like it, but you put on the worship music. And you put on your praise. And you push through, even though you don't sense it and you don't feel it and you're by yourself or whatever it is. But you eliminate worry with worship 
Why? Because through worship, I manage my mind. I set it on things above. When I worship, I do the things I'm already talking about. I'm building wisely, not wickedly. When I worship, I go historical and not hysterical. Because when I worship, I pull from God's faithfulness in the past to remind me that he will be faithful in my future. But it's a choice. You must choose to worship over worry. We sing that song, do it again. I've seen you move, you'll move the mountains, and I believe that you'll do it again. You made a way where there was no way, and I believe I'll see you do it again. You know what that is? That is going historical. I believe you're going to what? You're going to do it again. We're going to have to sing that song real soon. Man, that's good. So, how do we navigate the unknown? We've said three things. Number one, we build wisely, not wickedly. Number two, we become historical, not hysterical. Number three, we choose worship over worry. So that's the encouraging part of the message today. Now we're going to turn and I'm going to challenge you today with this last point. Here's the last way we navigate through the unknown. And it is we pursue revival over routine. How many of you have said over the last few weeks, I will be so glad when things get back to normal? I should probably better ask the question, how many times have you thought or said, I will be so glad when things get back to normal? This week I remembered a book that uh, Craig Rochelle wrote years ago that, that goes along with that. He wrote a book called Weird, and the subtitle was When Normal Isn't Working. Has anybody else thought over the last few weeks that normal for our country, our society, our culture isn't working? Our normal way of life is not leading us as a country to turn our attention toward God. Some people have got it too good. We've got too many other distractions in our lives. But I want to say to you this morning, the Lord's been saying to me over the last few weeks that, you know, normally, normal isn't working. We don't need to go back to normal. Now, Pastor, are you saying we don't need to go back to school? We don't need to go back to our jobs? No, absolutely not that. There, there's a part of that that has to function for us to have life and, and to educate our children and provide for our families. That's, that's the system in place. We understand that. But when we choose and pursue revival over routine, what that means is that we realize this is a moment for the church to say, you know what, this is a moment for us to step up. It's a moment for us to say, God, during this season, we're not just going to pray, Lord, help us get through. God, help me with my worry. God, help me not to kill my kids as I'm trying to homeschool them. But I want to challenge you today, church. As you're worshiping and as you're praying and as you're seeking God. Some of you I talked to this week and, and you said, Pastor, I'm, I'm reading and I'm praying and I'm worshiping more than I have in a long time. And if that's you, please, as you're worshiping and praying and reading, add this. Pray for revival. Pray for a great awakening to take place in our country, in our world. You know... 
last week when we ended the message in our run through the Bible, we ended down there on that end of the stage with that, the recreation graphic. And I talked to you about how uh, one of the fantastic four, John, was, he was put on the Isle of Patmos. He was um, quarantined on the Isle of Patmos by himself. And it was in that moment that he received the revelation of God. And I want to say this to you this morning. The Isle of Patmos, it looked like a place of isolation for John. But it ended up being a place of revelation. And God, I pray right now over our people that as we're isolated and as we're quarantined, that we wouldn't just get through it. But Lord, that we wouldn't just be isolated, but we would have a revelation. A revelation of who you are in our lives. I want to tell you this morning, I want to share some things with you that are happening right now in this season that would not have happened otherwise. About three weeks ago, um, there was a, a movie that came out, a Christian movie produced by the Irwin Brothers. And they produced some great Christian movies and they put out a movie called I Still Believe. It's the story of Jeremy Camp's um, Christian artist and singer it's, it's his life story and, and some of you have seen that I've, I've, I've saw some of you talking about seeing it on social media and our family was planning on going to see it and uh, we just um, we weren't able to because of everything going on and they released it directly where you can get it on Amazon Prime and now you can, you can watch it you know it was supposed to be in the theaters and last night we sat and watched that movie as a family and I'll just prepare you be ready to cry, be ready to snot. It's good. It's so good. Uh, but it's, it's a journey. And we watched that movie last night as a family. And when the movie was over, I sat there and I thought, you know, I wonder if the Ir Irwin brothers and Jeremy Kent were terribly disappointed that uh, the movie was not able to go into theaters and reach the people that they hoped it could reach because of what happened with COVID-19 and what we're going through. But then it hit me, I thought, okay, think about this. Right now, the whole world is, many people in the world are quarantined, we're stuck at home. People are looking for entertainment, they're looking for something to watch. And more people, I believe, will be engaged and watch that movie and be exposed to the message of the truth that's in that film than would have been had it just stayed in the theaters. You can't, uh, you can't orchestrate that. I believe God used this situation. Man, what did Joseph say? What the enemy would have used for, for harm, you've used for good. And I believe people are being exposed to the gospel through that movie. If you've not watched it, you need to watch it. Just go grab some Kleenexes. Here's the other thing that I've seen happen over the last couple of weeks. Churches who uh, were not prepared for this, who didn't have live stream like we do, have been figuring out how can we get our service out to people through Facebook Live and through Livestream. Churches that didn't have online giving uh, platforms, they put those in place. And what that has meant is that over the last week, now that we're two Sundays into this, uh, this quarantine, that the gospel is being heard by more people than ever had we not just had church like normal. Our state uh, overseer, Brother Gary Lewis, uh, asked us all to send in our numbers. Uh, he wanted to try to get an idea of how many people 
in South Georgia Church of God had, had been exposed to the gospel. And last Sunday, he, uh, he got the numbers, he compiled them, and he, I put it on my Facebook on Monday, you might have seen it, but he estimates, listen, over 100,000 people in South Georgia Church of God, that's just South Georgia Church of God, were exposed to a gospel message and a, and a service like you've watched this morning through social media. Friday night, uh, we were sitting there at home. Tressa said, you're not going to believe a commercial I saw today on Fox News. Franklin Graham came on and was sharing the gospel. And a few minutes later, that commercial came on. on a, it wasn't Fox News. It was another channel. It wasn't a Christian channel. It was just a normal channel. And here's Franklin Graham sharing the gospel in a minute. Leads people through the sinner's prayer. A number, a website pops up. Guys, I'm telling you, these things couldn't happen if things were normal. God is using this technology like never before. People, we're, we're hearing stories of people who are experiencing personal encounters with God in their homes like they've never experienced before. The family altars are being rebuilt like never before. So I say, let us not miss our moment. Let's lean in with the, with the psalmist who said this in Psalm 85. Restore us again, God our Savior. And put away your displeasure toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger through all generations? Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, Lord, and grant us your salvation. Part of our navigating the unknown is the responsibility that we have as the church and as believers to press in and to pray for our nation and to pursue revival over routine. Pray with me for revival. Pray for a great awakening. You, do you mean we're going to pray for a revival that once church is over, we all have services? Not, no, not, not the revival where we put a sign in the yard and we have church every night. That's not the revival. It's great awakening is what it is. It's an awakening and a shaking in this country where people come back to God. I looked up the definition of that word awakening. You would think it was from a Bible dictionary. But the word awakening, first of all, means the act of waking up from sleep. Let's pray that people who are spiritually asleep will wake up in this season. Awakening also means a revival of interest or attention. Let's pray that people's attention is, is woken up and their interest in the things of God come clear again. Awakening means a recognition, realization, or coming into awareness of something. God, as we pray for an awakening in this country, we ask God that you would wake people up to the realization that they've built their lives on sinking sand, as, as Jesus talked about. And that last definition of awakening is a renewal of interest in religion. Revival. We are not interested in religion, amen? We're interested in relationship. I told you last week, Jesus didn't come to establish a religion. He came to establish a relationship with us, and he does that through the only thing he built, and that's what you and I are a part of, his body, the church, amen? And so what that means for us is that we begin to pray and ask God 
it's time for us as, as a church and as the body of Christ to unite in prayer. And here's what I'm calling us to. The last few weeks I've been thinking and praying about prayer, about calling us to some form of prayer. And here's what I, what I have landed on. Yesterday morning as I was getting my day started, I was going through Instagram and I found a pastor in Birmingham, Chris Hodges, pastor I follow and, and, and admire very much. And he was sharing about this, um, this thing called Unite 714. Put that up, guys. I want everybody to see that. Unite 714. This is an initiative that is right now uniting the body of Christ across demographic, denominational, geographical, and ethnic lines. There's over 1,300 churches and 120 countries that are standing together in prayer. And what does 714 mean? It is that we are uniting together to pray 2 Chronicles 714 over our country. This is our prayer guide. God spoke in response to Solomon's prayer in 2 Chronicles 6 and said, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and heal their land. We are praying this Unite 17 is an effort for us to come together and to pray for healing. Physical healing from COVID-19, yes. The healing of our country, yes. But also a spiritual awakening. And this is what, this is what I'm calling us to. And, and you're going to see this on social media. Uh, we're going to be pushing this out there over the next few days so you can connect with it. But the website is unite714.com. You can go to that website. You can download a weekly prayer guide. We encourage you to do that. But what we're doing is at 7.14 a.m. and 7.14 p.m., pretty simple, we're asking us, until we get through this and we, we say, okay, we're going to pray about something else, over the next few weeks, 7.14 a.m., 7.14 p.m., we're going to pray 2 Chronicles 7.14. Pastor, I'm not up at 7.14. Well, that's okay. Play, pray at 8.14 or 9.14. It'll be 7.14 in Central or Mountain or Pacific time. It's okay. The biggest important thing is that we pray. And I am calling us to pray this prayer and pray for a great awakening in our country. A healing of COVID-19 across our world. A great awakening all over the planet, not just in our world, but Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, it gives us the pattern of prayer. It says, we seek his face, not his hand. It's a big difference. That's a whole other sermon. But we seek his face, not his hand. We turn from our wicked ways. We pray prayers of repentance. And God says, when you do that, I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive our sins, and I will heal your land. This is how we navigate the unknown. We navigate the unknown when we build wisely, not wickedly. When we become historical, not hysterical. Worship team, if you'll come. We choose worship over worry. And we pursue revival over routine. That's what we're called to do. And that's how we can navigate the unknown. Listen to this, church. 
Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher, said this. This is so fitting for this time. The saints' trials are divine farming that produces abundant fruit. Oh, listen to that again. The saints' trials are divine farming that produces abundant fruit. Whether it's the trial that we're all in right now together, COVID-19, or the trial of your job or your family or your marriage or your finances, whatever it is, whatever it's going to be six months or a year from now, the trials, I, I believe what he said is true. God uses our trials to produce abundant fruit in our lives that would not grow on our tree otherwise. Jesus said the way we stay engaged with him, John 15, is I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. May our nation, may we as believers see the places where we've been, where we've been trying to do it apart from him that we cannot do it without Him. So I'm going to pray right now. I'm going to pray for a couple of things. If you're watching and you've been listening today, and you say, Pastor Les, I, um, I am not a Christ follower. I, maybe you say, well, I believe in Jesus, but, but it's not been the way I've lived my life. I've not committed my life to Him or dedicated my life to Him. And you say, Man, what you're saying today confirms the fact in my life that I've been building on sand. And even before COVID-19, man, I, I could see that things were not right in my life. Things were kind of falling apart. God loves you today so much that He's giving you the opportunity in a season of uncertainty to rebuild your foundation. And I pray right now that if that's you, that you would make a decision today to turn your life over to God. Maybe you, you don't understand it all. Hey, nobody on this stage would say we understand it all. We don't get it all. But you would say, I'm, I want to make that decision today. I don't get it all, but I hear that I need to be more wise and I need to change what I'm building on. I want to pray with you right now. And uh, I just want you to pray today a prayer that says Jesus I choose you I choose to build my life on you and you know what the word of God says the word of God tells us John said if we confess our sin he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead we will be saved so let's close our eyes together, bow our heads this morning, and as you're listening this morning, I want to encourage you to pray this prayer with us today, choosing to build your life on Him. Here we go. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sins. Forgive me. I believe that Jesus Christ is your Son. I believe that he took my sins to the cross, that he died in my place. I believe you raised him to life, and I'd like to trust him now as my Savior. I want to follow him as my Lord. I want to rebuild the foundation of my life. 
from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, we want to know because we want to pray with you. And on our website, you can go to the, uh, the guest tab, the more information, the, and you can, you can go to that page, the new page, I believe it is. Just fill it out, and there's an there's a icon right there, a drop-down that you can say, I just made a decision for Jesus as my Savior, and we're going to connect with you and begin to pray with you. Praise God for that. Hallelujah. You, you've just begun to rebuild your life. Now, I want to pray for anybody out there in our church family. And those of you today who you're saying, man, that's exactly what I need to hear today. I got to go historical, not hysterical. I got to choose worship over worry. And I need to start praying for revival, not routine. I want to pray for you today. Will you close your eyes and let's join together in prayer this morning? God, I pray for our church family today and those who are listening today. Lord, who have been full of anxiety and fear and worry and panic. They've been on this roller coaster throughout this season. God, I pray today over their homes and over their families. And God, I pray that they'll walk into this new week, into this afternoon, Lord, and they would learn and begin to manage their mind by going historical, not hysterical. They will declare the praises of God, the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God over their lives. Lord, that they choose worship over worry. Every time they start to get worried about what's going to happen with their job or their family or their health, that they'll just shift their attention and begin to worship you and praise you and sing a worship song, listening to something, read your word, pray, that that will become the natural default for us. May our default cease to be worry and may it become worship. In Jesus' name, may we default to worship. May we come out of this season when it's over with a default to worship and praise and to the word like never before. God, I call us today as a church to pray for awakening. God, shake us as a church. Shake us as a nation. May we not miss this moment. Wake us up, Lord. We pray for a great awakening. We pray for revival that will stir up in this entire world all over the globe today. Renew us. May we not long for normal. May we not long for routine, but may we long for revival. May we pursue a great awakening. May we we be open to whatever it is that you want to do in us and through us. Oh God, we praise that name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. And I declare today, Psalm 61, 2 and 3, from the ends of the earth I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to that rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge. You are a strong tower against the foe. We declare that over our families and over our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you, God, today. Amen. We're not done yet. This worship team is going to come, and I've asked them to prepare a song that, uh, man, you talk about the things that God is doing in this world right now at this time. About two weeks ago, some of the most gifted worship leaders and singers in our nation came together right before this thing hit, and they wrote a song that many of you have heard, y'all have been listening to, called The Blessing. And wow, I know this song came 
at just the right time for our country. Here's what we're going to do. They're going to come and they're going to sing this song as a blessing over your home, over your family, over those of you who decided today that you're going to rebuild your life, that you're starting over. You've chosen Jesus today. They're praying this and singing this as a prayer over our lives. I'm going to come back and I'm just going to share with you real briefly what the lineup of our services is going to look like over the next week and what you can expect. But will you, will you just receive this song of worship today as they lead us? Come on, guys. Lead us into blessing and sing this over our church family today. Amen. Hallelujah.
Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. I want you to know what they just sang over you. It comes from Numbers chapter 6 and Exodus chapter 20. That bridge is actually part of the Ten Commandments, the response that God says, if you do these things, here are the blessings that's going to follow you. When we build our lives on the Word, we can be confident going into the unknown. And even the unknown can be known because God is on record. He's on record. Right here it is. Of how much He loves us and cares for us. So as you go into this week, build wisely, not wickedly. Go historical, not hysterical. Go through this week with worship, not worry. And let's pray for revival, not routine. Anybody going to do that with me this week? Oh boy, I'm going to tell you. God, thank you for what you're doing. I know it's, I know it's tough. I know it's uncomfortable. I know it's not what we want to go through. And I know we wish we could all be here together. But had we not gone through this, there's things that God's doing and is going to do that would not happen had we not gone through this. And uh, we just want to give him all the praise and glory for what he's going to do. So let me talk to you a little bit about what this week is going to look like, what you can expect, okay? First of all, let me talk about uh, giving. Last Sunday, you were incredibly faithful in your giving, and uh, our giving was just like it always is last week, and nobody was even here. So thank you for your faithfulness. In giving, we made what budget, what we hope to make every week, and we made it last week, thanks to your faithfulness. Those of you who are learning how to give online through PushPay, those of you who are dropping off checks here at the church, whatever that is. And I've had people text me this week and ask, you know, who, who don't give online, how can I get my tech, how can I get... My, uh, my giving to the church. I want to remain faithful in that. So uh, there's a couple ways you can do that. You can just mail it to our P.O. Box, P.O. Box 273, Rinkin. Uh, you can do that. We are in the office still, uh, Tuesdays through Thursdays from 9 to 4. You can stop by the office, and uh, or you can just text me, and we'll figure out a way to get that. Uh, but thank you so much for your faithfulness in giving. Here's what you can expect this week. Tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock on all of our platforms across everything with rcog.tv, Pastor Josh is going to come on, and he's got a full children's lesson that he's going to share in the morning. Kid City is going to be there in the morning. He's got a great lesson plan for the kids. So uh, get ready, kids, in the morning. Pastor Josh has got something for you at 10 o'clock. Wednesday night... We're going to be right back here live and uh, at 7 o'clock on all our platforms. And the Youth Movement College and Career Worship Team is going to be leading a night of worship and prayer. They're going to be uh, being intentional with some of the things they're going to pray about as they lead us in worship. And that's going to be a great evening of worship. And then next Sunday, we'll be right back here again. It's Palm Sunday next Sunday. And uh, we'll be here next Sunday morning. Uh, and to, to deliver the, the message and the word and worship to you just like that. And there'll be other things along the way. Uh, a night at the cross, night of worship is coming up. 
just like it does every year. We're going to have it, and we'll be letting you know when that's going to come. If it's not at a time when we can come together, we're still going to give that to you. So uh, we want to encourage you to stay engaged with us in what's going on. So we love you. We're praying for you. And uh, if you need us, call us. Email us, text us, anything we can do, we want to be there. Even though we're not connecting here, we want to be connected to you and uh, out there as, as we are still together. So call somebody today, text somebody today from your church family. Many of you are already doing that. Let them know that you love them and you miss them. We miss you, and we look forward to seeing you back here on Wednesday night live, 7 o'clock, and uh, all our platforms in the morning for Kid City at 10 a.m. Have a great afternoon. God bless you. We'll see you real soon.